verses. I'm going to read them all, and then we can remain seated for prayer. Psalm 127, the Bible says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. May God bless his word. Please pray with me. Father, again, we want to lift up to you uh, and praise you today uh, for Mr. Kerr and for protecting him that when he had that fall, he had, uh, it was in the vicinity of where he could get immediate medical attention. And uh, Lord, we're just grateful that you preserved him and uh, just pray you can t- help him to heal. Father, we lift up Ethan before you again. We're so grateful. and Thank you for the Alice family, Lord. Thank you for uh, Jen and, and her serving her family and uh, taking care of her son. Thank you that she's in a position where she can focus her time and energies to care for her son, taking him to appointments. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for the Alice family. Pray you'd bless them and bless Ethan. Lord, give him grace. We know it's going to be a long road to recovery. We pray for uh, for encouragement and and the little things that that we would see improvement uh, for all the different, the knee, the arm, his mind, Lord, we just commit him to you and pray that you would continue to do your mighty work. Thank you, Lord, for Bill and his testimony uh, over and over again, at just knowing that you are sovereign, that you're in charge, and uh, that you are to be glorified. And Lord, I pray that that, I know that is a testimony. Lord, remind us of that every time we go through a trial, that you're still on the throne and that you are still a good God. Lord, I pray for the many uh, in our church that are healing in various degrees. Uh, Joanne Tomkowitz, Serena, Amelia, John, Gore, Lana, the the list goes on. Uh, Lord, I pray um, that you would just bless. I, I know I left some folks out. But Lord, I thank you for people. Thank you for everyone that you've put that's been a part of Bible Baptist Church even for a short time. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd bless us today as we see your mighty hand in our midst. We ask your blessing in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, you may remain seated. (laughs) Take your Bibles, please, again, if you're not already open to Psalm 127. The title of the message is The Importance of a Foundation, and um, I am sharing a personal testimony, uh, much like if you were to share your testimony of getting saved, um, that your, your testimony would be what God did through you to bring you to salvation. And um, so while it would be about you, there would be some personal aspects, and to don't ever hold back on sharing your testimony. You know, if God saved you, you need to let people know. And there'll be uni- unique circumstances in that that will bring God glory. Well, God worked in a mighty way to start Bible Baptist Church in Upper Darby. 
And uh, so I'm going to share some of those things. And, and again, I'll probably edit it if I have time down the road to just a very brief history of our church from what I say here. But I want to communicate very clearly from my perspective as your pastor and what I learned even in the founding of our church. Because I was a pastor before I became the pastor of Bible Baptist. And um, there was an incredible lesson the Lord was teaching me in my early years of ministry. I was ordained in the gospel ministry in 1988. Some of you I know weren't born yet. Um, And after my training, in fact, that same year that I was ordained, I began pastoring a church in Lancaster. And I was there for three years. And that was before God started this church. But I want you to look at Psalm 127 because it's a very very important point in the beginning. Now, by the way, Psalm 127 is all about people. Um, We have early on uh, the builders who build a house, the watchman who guards a city, and and then it moves into talking about children. But this, this psalm is all about people. And I want to look at the first two verses as we talk about the importance of a foundation. Verse 1, the Bible says, Except the Lord build the house. And by the way, there's many applications to that. Not just building a house. Anything you do, except the Lord is in it, except the Lord do it, they labor in vain that build it. it except the Lord keep the city. The watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain, verse 2, for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. In other words, any effort that is done without God in it is vain. The word vain, as you know, means empty or worthless. Now that is not to say that human efforts and human things that people have undertaken um, have not been, that are not of God, have not been successful in the world's eyes. There have been a lot of businesses started. There's been a lot of ventures that people have done having nothing to do with God, and it has met, quote-unquote, success in the world's eyes. I mean, you could look at maybe some of the top, the Fortune 500, some of those businesses. You could look at a lot of successful entertainers, successful athletes. And in the world's eyes, that word success would be attached to them. They've achieved fame. They've achieved fortune. They've achieved uh, great, great victories, maybe on the athletic field. And so the world would look at them and say, wow, that is, that's not vain, even though it was without God. But I want you to know that. Except God is in it, human efforts might gain the world. But what did Jesus say? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? You can do everything. You can be a success in the world's eyes. So that not not one person calls you a failure. because. And again, usually the human things have to do with Numbers and finances and fame and popularity and approval rating of, 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 as far as men. 
You can have all those things and have it all for naught. You stand before God on judgment day and you lose your own soul. Doesn't matter if the whole world knew you. Doesn't matter how many Academy Awards you won. Doesn't matter how many platinum albums. Oh, what's an album? Platinum recordings you successfully launched or whatever. Doesn't matter what human success you've had if it was not done, if God was not in it. Now that is especially true when it comes to the church. And I submit to you, not every church that has been has started, not every church that has put up a shingle, not every group of people that have worked hard to establish a church has had God in it. You realize that? Just because it's a church, even initially, just because it's a church and a group of people say, let's get religious, let's, uh, you know, let's start a church, let's come up with a snappy name, let's go into a great area, let's reach the people. If God is not in it, the word vain, best fits, empty, worthless, Except the Lord build the house. Except the, uh, they labor in vain to build it. Except the Lord keep the city. Except the Lord build the church. And by the way, he did say in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. And he is building his church. But I submit to you, and we'll talk about this towards the end, not every church, even the ones that God started, that God was very involved in the beginning, and church history bears this out very clearly. There's a lot of churches that churches that started right, that had the light in them, that have long since died. Now we pray that we don't become one of them. We'll talk about that. But I want to talk about what I learned as a young man. When, I, when we started this church, I had already pastored for three years. I was in my 20s. When we started this church, I was 29. You do the math. In fact, I was just a few, two months away from being 30. And, um, but I had ha- already had a little bit of experience under my belt. In fact, it was a three years of experience that made me somewhat hesitant to ever pastor again. And when the idea was brought to me about being involved in a church plant in Delaware County, I did not jump on it initially because I had just come off of three very difficult years of pastoring in Lancaster. And I want to talk about that for a minute because the foundations there are different than the foundations here. When I was in Bible school, somebody found out about our Bible Institute Uh, as a source uh, to have young preachers come and fill the pulpit. And um, so we got, as as young preacher boys in Bible school, uh, we had a lot of opportunities in the area to to do pulpit supply for people. And one of those churches was in Lancaster. And it was a church, a young man called, or a, a man called our pastor. He found out and he said, you know, I hear you have pulpit supply. And so a group of us, it was a church that had started and was meeting in a furniture store in Brownstown, Pennsylvania, near in Lancaster. 
And it was, they literally met in the basement of a furniture store. Boy, you, you think these seats are comfy? Actually, I haven't heard that for a while. <laughs> but, but can you imagine having lazy boys and all kinds of couches laying all around? And uh, so we'd go, and, and it was quite nice. In fact, at the Bible Institute, we had a nickname for this church. It was called Colonial Heights Baptist Church, but we called it affectionately Furniture Baptist Church because we met in a furniture store. And uh, we still talk about it today, uh, that opportunity to go and to preach. And, um, and eventually, I was ordained. Uh, I started to go and preach a little more than the other guys. I forget how that happened, but they eventually called me to be the pastor the very year that I was ordained. And uh, so for three years, I was involved in that church plan and met some very, very precious people. But I, I did not know the origins of that church, how it started. But I would find out. And not to besmirch uh, the people involved in it, um, but I found out there was a, a large Baptist church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, that a that had gone through a very horrible split. And it was told to me, and I'm sure this was, you know, exaggerated, but, you know, there were 20 to 30 churches that came as a result of the split. You know, maybe there weren't that many. But apparently this church was one of them. And here's why it was such a big challenge. If the foundations be destroyed... What can the righteous do? How something is started is very important. And it was very clear for three years. We would see God's blessing on us individually when we went out, soul went in, go door to door. We would see people get saved. And we we personally saw God's blessing, but there was something very evident to me and to my wife it was clear that God's hand was not on that work. And it was, I mean, there was like a spirit of oppression just going to church. And, as, and, and it was during this time, uh, we'd go out door to door, knock on a door. People would be warm. And in Lancaster County, they're very religious. So people would be warm and friendly. Hi, I'm Pastor Steve Lyon. I'm from everything. They'd get to smile. I'm from Colonial Heights Baptist Church. And all of a sudden their expression would change. And I would find, find out that, only learned later that the church was started as a result of a split. And it was a, it was a nasty split that was just, there was a lot, of, a lot of hard feelings, a lot of wrong motives in some of these churches that were planted from the split. And, uh, and it, was a, it was a challenge for three years. Going to church with knots in my stomach, which I have not had in 31 years. That's a blessing. Not that I'm always like, some days I'm not feeling, you know, I have my bad days as well. Like today, I wasn't feeling well. I'm like, I kind of wish someone else was the pastor today. <laughs> you know, this would be one of those days just because of how I'm feeling physically uh, you know, where I would have I would have probably done what some of you do and played hooky. It's like that joke, you know, Mom, do I have to go to church today? Yeah, so I don't want to go to church today. You have to. You're the pastor, you know. 
Kind of like that. <laughs> anyway, so it became evident, and it was really a challenge just going to church every day. And then my pastor, who's, who was involved in starting this church, God bless him. I don't know how, why, you know, if he, he saw what was happening, he was very involved. Uh, Bible Baptist in Westchester helped support me and for a time up there. And uh, he, he said, let's get together for lunch. And as we, we met, he took me to Psalm 11 in verse 3. And he shared this thought with me. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And uh, he had learned some things that I had learned. And it was then that he shared with me, he said, you know, if God is not in this work, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you labor, it's not going to see his blessing. And I cannot tell you um, how refreshing, how encouraging, how I needed that appointment, that lunch date with, that, with my pastor to hear that. Because I, I, you know, I was committed. I'm not going to quit. But all of a sudden, I was able to see if God's not in it, you want to keep doing something that God's not in? That became the thing. You know, if God is not in something, it, like Paul, you know, you're kicking against the pricks, you're, you're resisting. And I want to tell you, I had such peace after I wrestled with that and considered that and took that to the Lord. Never thought when I started pastoring that I would quit a church. But I remember as I read my resignation, I challenged the church. And I've, I've, I've never really, I did do it. I encouraged them. You need to close the doors and go back and get things right. And they did close the doors. They took that counsel. I'm not sure what happened after that. But it was a lesson that beginnings are very important. How something starts is important. It's foundational. You know, and if the Lord's not in it, except the Lord build the house... They labor in vain that build it. You ever try and labor for something that God was not in? You want to talk about frustrating. Now, as I said, those were three years that God was preparing me for future ministry. Three of the hardest years. And I can say this now, having pastored for 33 years, they were the three, three of the hardest years I've ever had in ministry. Again, Going to church with knots in your stomach. And it was just, a, it was so clear. But I was gun shy. That's what I told people. I was gun shy. In fact, I, I, I always need to check my metaphors and my phrases. I hope I'm using this one rightly. If not, just somebody put a horrified look like, no, you're not using that right. But I remember being gun shy in that when pastor, my pastor approached me about what I'm going to share with you about this church venture, the church plant they were going to do. I wasn't on board right away. I mean, I still felt like God wanted me to be a pastor. But I had had such a sour experience that um, I had to pray about it. In fact, I've shared this before. Just so that you know, uh, this, this is kind of an ironic thing. Um, as I was seeking whatever God would want, Pastor Griffith decided to take my wife and I and just drive around Delaware County so we could get a feel and see if God didn't put a burden on our hearts. So here we are now. Keep in mind now from my wife's perspective, we live in beautiful Lancaster County. 
a cornfield was our backyard. We're driving by horse and buggies with open land, open field. I mean, just beautiful. And then we come and we drive through Upper Darby. And there's house after house after house. And I still remember, I think we might have been, for some reason, I think we might have been like Westchester Pike turning on Township Line Road or something. And Pastor Griffith, because he's looking and, of course, he's the one that had the original burden along with the leaders of Bible Baptist to start the work. And he's looking at this. I think my wife might have been in the back seat. And he's like, isn't this great? Because he's thinking of all the people. And my wife is there thinking, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, this is not beautiful at all. But we decided, here's, here's, now here's what was happening. Prior to this trip, Bible Baptist Church in Westchester was seeking ways to evangelize their community. And the leaders, the people on staff, came up with the idea that they would have evangelistic Bible studies in people's houses all throughout Chester County, and then they would invite their neighbors. You know, and that way, one of the staff would come in and do like a seven or eight week Bible study, I think it was. And then whoever, they'd invite all their neighbors. And so they had a bunch of these going on where people would say, oh, I want that. I want to reach my neighbors for Christ. And so, you know, one of the pastoral staff would do the Bible study or someone that helped out. And one of those Bible studies was a couple named Jim and Betsy Kerr, Rockwood Avenue. And uh, I believe, did Leo start first or did Henry? Okay, Leo was the one. Okay, under Pastor Griffith, Leo D'Archangelo, good friends with the Kerrs, started the Bible study. And then I think Henry Henry Barfield, who is with the Lord now, um, he took over. And he was doing it for quite a while. Every Thursday night they had a Bible study. And, and even despite Henry Barfield's southern accent, God was still blessing. That's a joke, please. Anybody that's oversensitive about, you know, uh, accents, please do not take that personally. Because I love Henry. But God was doing something in the Kerr basement. People were getting saved. There was something happening. Which was interesting. Because prior to that, for many years, the leadership at at Bible Baptist in Westchester had longed, they had had a vision years before to start a church plant in Delaware County. Because they had people driving, there were some people that were driving all the way from Delaware County to Westchester just to find a fundamental Baptist church. And then there were other, you know, in fact, I, I looked up some original documents here Uh, The proposal to plant a new church. Why? This was what they presented to the people in Westchester. Here's three points. We have people driving 40 minutes to attend our services from parts of Delaware County. Number two, there are few strong, growing, fundamental churches in Delaware County. Three, there are believers in that area who cannot or will not drive the distance to attend Bible Baptist. Now that's when we started. That was when we planned to start this church, but there was a that impetus actually resulted in a previous church plant. In fact, Thea was part of that. Berean Baptist Church. Uh, I, was that like going on for five years maybe, Thea? Okay, I think it was five years. Here's what's interesting. That I was a student pastor in Westchester, and one of the men on staff was Pastor Steve Hardick, 
who was the pastor of that church. Little would I know when I was student pastoring that what he was pastoring, that vision that they had had, would end up being a part of that in, in this right here. And Pastor Hardock, I loved him, precious man of God. Last I checked, he is still in the ministry, pastoring a church. I think in New York. That means he's been pastoring for a long time. My hat is off to anyone like that. But they struggled there for five years with Berean Baptist Church and um, eventually closed, or they merged, I think, with Spruce Street. But the leaders in Westchester still had that vision, like we still feel like there needs to be another church in, in, uh, in Delaware County somewhere. And so they've had this burden that had been going on for a while, and then they have this thing going on at the Curse House. And, and so the leaders thought, could this, be, could this be something God is doing? And that's what's interesting. They were seeking the Lord. The Lord had put that burden on their heart. Not that there needs to be less Bible-believing churches in Delaware County, but there needs to be more Bible-believing churches in Delaware County. So they always had that passion to do that. And then all of a sudden, they have this thing going on in Newtown Square. Isn't that where you live, Jim? Yeah, Yeah. Newtown Square. And people are getting saved and getting fed well by Betsy and Debbie, I might add. You know, in many ways. And so the leaders there, even before I got involved, they're thinking, you know what? This might be this might be what God is doing to start his church. Because remember, except the Lord build the house, except the Lord build the church, they labor in vain that build it. Very important to, to make sure, is God in this? And so that's that's when I had stopped pastoring and was coming back to Bible Baptist and I was approached about, would you consider leading? Would you consider stepping in and consider being a part of this church plant that we believe God is in? And I was open. I just I was gun shy. I would, but I said, you know what, I'll do it. So I started going Thursday nights, driving from Lancaster. Mary and I drove down, and on Thursday nights, it was Betsy's cooking that did it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, but it was a big, a big plus. But I'll never forget. Remember the initial experience when we're driving through Delaware County and we're seeing houses and houses and no horses, no pastures, you know. Now there, anyway, it wasn't the smell. That one thing, Lancaster County has some unique smells. But when we started going and doing that Bible study on Thursday nights, we fell in love with the people. And... As soon as we got to meet these people, we were all on board. Because it's not about buildings. I really don't care about the landscape of Delaware County. I really, I, I don't go around boasting about the landscape of Upper Darby to my fellow pastors. That is not a selling point. It's the people. It's the people. And uh, it has always been. And I want to tell you, the last 30 years, it has been so clearly... Um, it, I tell people, in many ways, we're on still on a honeymoon. When you compare, when you contrast it with those first three years, we are so that people have been so precious to us. This church and the people that have come through our doors have been so very, very special to us. And it has, 
I'm no longer gun shy to be a pastor. Uh, and I have met pastors that have only had what I had for three years as their experience. And a lot of them have become you know, embittered, left the ministry, then you, you couldn't get them to pastor a church ever again because that's been their experience. That's all they've had. And I feel bad for them. Because when God is in something, not that there's not going to be challenges, there will be challenges. Uh, but you don't want to be... In fact, I remember Henry Barfield telling us this when his son, Matthew, went to... A, a, a primarily Muslim country to be a missionary, a very dangerous place for Christians. And a lot of people would go up to Henry uh, at the time and go, aren't you concerned for your son that he's in this place? You mean, his life is in danger. And Henry would always answer with his sudden, southern accent. And I'm not going to try, don't worry, I'm not going to try and imitate it. He would always say, you know what? My son is safer in Jordan, in the center of God's will, than he would be in the safest streets of America outside God's will. That'll preach, won't it? It's so true. So, my goodness, look at the time. Oh. Let me, let's jump right into this next thing. It's so clear. In fact, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of put a pause on this. And I'll either finish it myself. I don't know. Maybe we'll do it next week. I, I really I want to get back into the Scriptures. And we're going to be looking at the Scriptures. But some more. Um, but God very clearly opened the door to start Bible Baptist Church. From the evangelistic Bible study, people getting saved, and all that. And just the way He provided a building. Um, Mr. Kurz, as you know, is an exterminator. And he was looking for buildings. And he found a building. He found a building that we didn't know was a church building at the time. Which now that I look at it, it's like, it's pretty evident. It's got an A-frame and stained glass windows. But it was a, I think it was a dance studio. It had been, had been apartments. And it was owned by a church. It was an annex building. And Mr. Kerr saw it during an inspection or something. And he's thinking... This is this could be where we meet, you know. And uh, I got talking to the people there, Greek Orthodox. Uh, started witnessing to the priests in the in the midst of doing that. And I I still remember Jim when we went to check the building. I think this was the first time uh, when I came. Jim had, if you know Jim and you've seen him in action, he carries around a thirty foot screwdriver that he pokes. And he can tell whether you have termites with two pokes of that magic wand that he has. But he, was, he, he lifted up one of these um, drop ceilings. We're in this building, which we think is a dance studio. Used to be an apartment building, apartment complex, or apartments. He lifted it up, and there's this beautiful cathedral ceiling. And it was then that we, like, it dawned on us. This was a church building. We're going to, you know, we're thinking, okay, we're going to renovate this so it looks like a church. It started out as a church. What a blessing. There's so many blessings. I want to just close with this. This blessing to me was like a confirmation that God was in it. And it had to do with Mr. Kerr witnessing to this Greek Orthodox priest. God bless him. 
he, in this conversation, and he would be the point man initially, he witnessed to this Greek Orthodox priest, that's a blessing. And he was open, wasn't he, Jim? He was open. And uh, so when we started the church, this priest would come over and visit me in the office. And because of the faithful planting of the gospel, the seeds of the gospel that Mr. Kerr did, I had the privilege, and I, I say this always with a caveat, I had a privilege of leading him to Christ. But both myself and Mr. Kerr will tell you, you know, God is the one that saves souls. And in fact, Mr. Kerr and I both, we've been very conscious recently of, um, there are the Lord's converts, and then there's our current converts. <laughs> and, you know, I love, I love it, because, you know, certain people that make professions of faith that you're pretty sure they really didn't get it, you know, will say, well, that was one of my converts, you know, when God saves someone. So whether the man genuinely got saved or not, that's always God's business. But I do know that it seemed, the fruit was there. He started coming over, and, and I had the chance to disciple him. And you don't, you don't disciple a priest that is not open to being taught. And he started bearing fruit. In fact, he started preaching from the pulpit of his lectern or whatever. He started preaching, you have to be born again. Now, that didn't go over too well. And he got sent away, far away. And I always, you know, I've, I've actually looked for him on social media. Love to know what happened to the guy. Just mainly I want to know, did he get saved? Is he bearing fruit? You know, that kind of a thing. But what a blessing to know that God was in it. And that is so important, folks. God, I can clearly say, this is not my church. It's not Jim Kerr's church. It's not anyone that helped us start. It's not, in a sense, it is your church in that it is a congregationally run church. This is the Lord's church. You know what I am going to do next week? Here's what I'm going to do next week because I really want to focus on this idea of the lampstand and the importance of understanding that every church that starts the right way is not guaranteed that God is always going to leave the light on in that ministry. And there are multitudes of churches today that are dead. They're, they're still, in fact, when I say that, when you, when you hear dead in America, you're like, oh, they have five people. No, there's churches that are dead that have hundreds of people. And they're very active. They have all kinds of activity. And they do religious stuff. But there's no light there. They're not preaching the gospel. A lot of churches like that. And uh, so we'll talk about that next week. Um, but again, I, as I think of that, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Folks, you and I have been given a stewardship. All of us. Now it's up to us to be faithful. I know. I'm, I'm taking three more minutes because I was planning on ending this way. And I, want to sh- I, w- I do want to close this part of the message this way. Do you mind? All those in favor, I'm not doing that. I have been reading the last couple of years for my devotionals came across uh, the books. I got to meet David Cummins, who's with the Lord. He is a, uh, a history professor in various Baptist universities around the country before he went to be with the Lord. And he has come out with 
a great work. He's actually done volume one, volume two, and volume three called This Day in Baptist History. And it's basically just short biographies of our forefathers, Baptists, Anabaptists, those Bible believers who have been faithful to Christ. And I want to tell you, it has blessed me beyond measure. And most of the people, and I, so there's three volumes, and there's a, a testimony that's usually about one person or group of people. And so that's 365 in one book, 365 in the next book, and 365 in the next book. That's, that's a lot of people. And most of the people, most of these heroes of the faith, are nobodies. Like, you've never heard of them. There might be one or two. There might be a few small handful in this volumes, in these volumes where we've heard of them. Most of them are nobodies. But some of them lived and died for Jesus Christ. And in one this week, again, I didn't, I don't even remember who the guy was. I forgot, but I remembered the story. And one of the testimonies, at the end of the, 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 his biography, it had this statement couple statements actually it had a four one word sentences the first and the third were question marks questions the others were the answers and so about this guy this person who died served the lord it said this at the end famous question mark and then the answer no next question faithful and then the answer yes And that jumped out at me. And I thought, you know, what he said about this particular guy, that could be at the end of each biography. Because these are nobodies. These are are men and women that have served before us, that that stood for Bible-believing truth. Many of them died for truth. Many of them lost their possessions. Many in American history, before we had the First Amendment, that suffered greatly. And most of them are nobodies. Except in God's eyes because they were faithful. And you know what? That's my goal. My goal is not for Bible Baptist Church in Upper Darby to ever be famous. My goal is for us to be faithful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, we just pray for your blessing uh, as we want to be used of you. And a lot of that, as we'll talk about next week, Father, has to do with the light and our need to be a lighthouse. And Father, our need to have the lampstand firmly embedded in the ministry here, which is not our doing. Uh, It's our job to be faithful, Father. Uh, It is your ministry. And I pray that you would help us to be faithful. Help us to be that light so that we can so that the glorious light of the gospel would shine in unto souls. And we'll thank you for it. We ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's stand, take your hymn books out. And what I want to do is...